Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by legendary scream queen Brink Stevens. It's very good to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, happy to see you as well. That's really exciting. Now, director, I should not just scream queen, now director, sorority babes in the slime bowl rama part two. Yes. Slime ball bolorama. It's a very oh. long title, but a very fun title. I am so proud of that. You know, I was in the original movie back in 87. And uh, years ago, before COVID, I think it was 2019, uh, Charlie Van called me up and he said, I'm going to do a sequel to Sorority Babes. And I'm thinking, why are you telling me I died in the first movie? (laughs) And he's like, well, I'd like you to direct it. And uh, I'm just so impressed that Full Moon is really into promoting women, female directors. They're very active in that. So uh, I was really happy to direct it. It was my first feature film, although I had done short films before. And uh, one of them, Terror Tunes 4, Personal Demons, is going to be out soon, finally. (laughs) So I loved being a director. After over 200 movies as an actor, I really felt like I knew what I was doing. Who would you say some of the directors that you worked with, like the, that would be uh, either influential or someone that you learned from, uh, you know, working with them as an actor? Well, my earliest director sort of imprinted me on what it was like. Um, like Dave Dakota was really good with the actors and uh, Fred Olin Ray was really good with the camera and the, the technical side of things. So when I went into this project, Sorority Babes 2, I knew that I would have gaps in my knowledge And sure enough, uh, at one point, the cameraman turns to me and says, uh, so for this next scene, do you want to use a 60 or an 85? And I'm like, "Um, (laughs) hmm, well, let's go with the one that you think works best. (laughs) You know, imposter syndrome. But I did find I was really good working with the actors. and, And I think that they all loved me because I was kind to them. And some of them, it was their very first movie. And you have to go okay, the point is to not look directly in the camera lens, <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, and I mostly just loved working with the kids. It was um, a small cast of like eight teenagers, some were a little out of their teens, but um, it was just a great group of people, some wonderful actors. That's kind of an obvious one, I guess, but, uh, you know, being an actor yourself, I assume helps you, you know, work with actors as a director since you know, you know, where they're coming from. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is you hope they know their lines, which all of these people did. They were so good with that. And then the blocking. And when you've got eight people in one scene, it's really hard to figure out the blocking. Mm -hmm. And then you're dealing with the lighting, where the lights are going to go. Oh, I see the light in that shot. The camera, you know, there's just so many elements. You really have to have a skill set. And there was never a moment when I wasn't doing something. Um, You also have to be highly organized. There was a lot of paperwork, like going over the script and figuring out what we'd shot, what inserts we needed, things like that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Charles Band and uh, Full Moon Madness is really, you know, um, you know, using a lot of women uh, directors and stuff. Um, When did that start to change, do you think? Because, you know, you've been in the business a long time, so I'm sure you've seen, you know, uh, how things have progressed over uh, over the course of time. Yeah, well, I just kind of got back into it. I did a lot of full moon stuff in the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, And 
like Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity and Sorority Babes and Nightmare Sisters and things like that. And much like Roger Corman, uh, Charlie Mann gave a lot of opportunities to people. And so it was just really fun to get together with that group and to still be a part of it. I'm astounded at the longevity of this company. You know, it started out Empire Pictures, now it's Full Moon Features, but it's still going strong. They've got the streaming. Uh, we had some people come out from Los Angeles to do some live streaming while we were shooting. And Charlie Band has just built this amazing empire, you know, and I'm just so in awe of him. And I'm really glad that he's hip with the times and that he wants to include more women directors and writers and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his book came out recently, his uh, autobiography, which is uh, is really interesting read. And you get to see the ups and downs. You know, there's a lot of there was a lot of him building up and then things would fall. But um, like you said, staying hip with the times and also the changes of everything, because it's the, you know, the rise of VHS and then DVD and now streaming. And um, how about that for you? How's that in how has that affected you as an actor and a director, the rise of streaming? Well, um, I miss having DVDs on my shelves. Right. <laughs> I mean, VHS over here. Yeah, yeah, eventually, I guess a lot of the streaming stuff does come out on DVD. Mm -hmm. But there's so many channels. There's so much to yeah. watch. Mm -hmm. The amount of content that's available now. And um, you just can't keep up with it. So I'd rather just have a DVD like today. I'm going to go to my mailbox and I'll have a DVD from Netflix because uh -huh. I just oh, like you still get the actual DVDs. I from do. I do. I'm old school. <laughs> <laughs> I just love DVDs because you can pause them and look at the special features and do all of that. Um, but yeah, you know, the streaming thing, it, it has helped filmmakers to get their products seen mm -hmm. because it provides a platform where you can make a little bit of money and uh, get your, your products out there. So I think it's been a really good thing. But yeah, when I first got in, movies were theatrical. You could only see them in a theater. Mm -hmm. And then it was um, VHS, and then it was DVDs, and laser discs were in there somewhere. Right. And, and now it's mostly streaming. Mm -hmm. So it's just so interesting that technology has evolved in such a short time. Mm -hmm. It's not always possible, but I still, for me, the best way to see a movie is on the big screen when you can do it. I go to, I go to multiple movies every week, but I know I'm not, uh, most people don't anymore, but, but I still like to see a movie on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Well, COVID really changed a lot of things. And we were going to do sorority babes in 2019, but we had to wait for three years while the whole world sat at home. And, and then, you know, the whole theater experience changed. People weren't going to theaters. Streaming right. became much more popular. So that had an effect on our culture and on how we watch entertainment. Mm -hmm. So our writer, uh, Ken uh, Rudabesh, I hope I say his name was right. Um, had you worked with him before? No, I don't think so. Um, that was a a pseudonym. Was that what you oh, okay. I, I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I may have met him um, under a different name, but um, I see he has a lot of credits. So, yeah, oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. It, it was a good script. Um, I think the very first script I read was kind of a shot-for-shot shot remake. And I'm like, why does Charlie right. want to bother to remake this? 
And he said, well, it'll introduce a whole new generation to sorority babes, which was truly a cult classic. It's a wonderful little mm -hmm. movie. You know, the, the girls in it, the guys, the imp, it was just fabulous. And uh, so I was a little bit leery about tampering with perfection, mm -hmm. but I really think that we um, got the feel for the 80s. It takes place like 30 years after the first one, but it acknowledges what happened previously, that there was a mishap at the bowling alley and some girls died and so on. So there's similar elements, um, but it's not a, an exact remake. It is mm -hmm. definitely a sequel. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it was recently, um, well, probably in the last couple of years on Joe Bob. And I think that also introduces it to a, a new audience, the, the original sorority. Babes. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. And, and another movie I made, uh, Slumber Party Massacre was celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. And that too is a cult classic where I went to a screening with Deborah DeLiso, one of the other stars in the film, and half the audience were kids, young people. They right. weren't even born when this movie was made. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the fact that people are able to go back in the past and watch old movies. Yeah. And uh, because in my mind, 80s horror was really special, yeah. much like 80s music and you know, everything right. about the 80s was, yeah. was something. Yeah. So I'm glad that people are still having an 80s kind of revival. And I have to say that Billy Butler, my producer, who has played many roles as an actor and he's directed and produced and done special effects, but he did so much on this movie. He is a genius. He was kind of in charge of all the set decoration, the look of the film, the wardrobe. He's put together the lookbook for clothes and stuff. And Billy is just amazing. So I was so happy to have his help and support on this. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, what kind of movies do you like personally? Do you like horror movies and, and comedy movies? Or? Yeah, I do. Like the one I'm getting today on Netflix is The Black Phone. Oh, yeah, oh good. So I, I was a big I, fan of it, yeah. Thank you. I try to see everything that comes out. Um, I do like horror movies, but I watch a lot of things. Like with books, I read romantic, you know, comedies. I like historical fiction, different things. So I like foreign films. Um, you know, I have a real broad taste when it comes to being entertained. Right. Yeah. Well, I, it might not seem it, you know, with the background here, but I like all different movies too. You know, I just grew up enjoying movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I like some of the older films from the 40s and stuff, mm -hmm. like Laura and uh, you know, different things like that. We're just there were some wonderful movies back then. When did you decide um you wanted to pursue acting? Hmm. Um, well, I never decided it. It, it <laughs> and grabbed you're still, you're still you're still uh wrestling with it. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was a scientist. I had gotten oh, a really? degree in marine biology and I was working for a nuclear power plant of San Onofre in San Diego as an environmental consultant. And my college sweetheart, Dave Stevens said, let's get married. So I left San Diego and moved to Los Angeles. And I figured I would get a science job in LA, not realizing that there was no science here, but, um, I had done some modeling in college. I had a portfolio with photographs. And one day I had made an appointment with a modeling agency and they weren't there. They forgot about the appointment and they had left for the day. So I'm trudging down the hallway with my portfolio and there was an open door. 
And I looked in and the walls are all covered with movie posters. And I didn't notice there was a guy sitting behind a desk and he said, hey, you, come here. And I said, no, 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 I'm in the wrong place. He says, no, show me your portfolio. So um, he looked through my pictures and he said, you want to be in a movie tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm like, um, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Which was all the marbles, I was an extra. And so I did a lot of extra work in movies while I was still looking for a science job. And eventually um, I did Slumber Party Massacre in 82, at like two years after I'd arrived in LA. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, you know, this is, I'm, I'm actually not bad. <laughs> so I continued in acting and kind of forgot all about science at that point. Yeah. I, I always say that my career chose me. I didn't choose right. it. Well, what did your family think at that time? Uh, you know, you, you're, uh, you're a scientist, and so then you, you end up being in, uh, in Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, they were horrified. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I left school with a master's degree and I was in the PhD program. So for a long time, my parents pretended that I was still in graduate school <laughs> to their friends. And, um, you know, when I, when I would show them my movies, I would have to cut out the nudity. Right. All the eighties movies had nudity and they hated to see me die. So I would have to cut out the blood and the death scenes. And one time my mother said, aren't your movies kind of short at 36 minutes? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, mom, that's the trend now. We're all short. <laughs> I, love, I love that story. <laughs> so uh, the imp is back in sorority babes, which I'm a big fan of the imp. And another thing from Charles Band, he's always really good with merchandise. So I know maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but do you think we'll see the imp uh, uh, maybe toys or shirts or anything? I'd love it if we could. Um, the original puppet from 1987 had already crumbled to dust. Right. So Greg Leitner, who's an absolutely brilliant special effects makeup artist, um, he was on Face Off. And uh, he recreated the imp just from photographs. It was amazing. It looks exactly like the original. And they had a a dummy model for our eyeline when we're shooting, but he did a fully articulated thing where the eyes move and the mouth and, and all, all of that. So it was quite brilliant. It looks just like it. And, uh, you know, Uncle Impy, um, I, I think that it would be great as a toy. <laughs> Look on, on any shelf. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'll have to make a space for, for, for the imp here when it, uh, when it comes out. They had just uh, finished shooting the Baby Whoopsie series. I went back to Cleveland because uh, Full Moon Manor is this amazing mansion from 1930 that Charlie had bought. And they shot a lot of all of Baby Oopsie and a few other things in this mansion. So the house was so well established that um, they had to put up false walls to hide staircases and things. Right. Um, you know, but it was really fun shooting there. And then I had seen some of Baby Oopsie on the streaming and boy, those dolls were scary. I think Greg did all of those too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Charles Band movies, a lot of them have, uh, have a, he likes small monsters. I think uh, there's something scary about them to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and dolls are always scary, creepy dolls and things. Mm -hmm. If you go in any like Halloween haunted house, there's always creepy dolls. Yeah. I think uh, for me, because I always grew up with with action figures and stuff, so they did always kind of not necessarily scare me, but did freak me out a little bit if if a movie was about uh, a killer toy that came to life, mm -hmm. because yeah. I could relate to having them, I guess. 
and was it was it the people under the stairs or something that these little creatures I remember there was a movie where she looks under the table and there's this little creature under the dining table and, well and, I know like trilogy of terror has the tiki doll the um right. that's yeah. a good one there's a few a lot of them now I think about it but yeah that trilogy of terror yeah that's great oh man you know at, at the age that i saw it it was like ah! <laughs> <laughs> and i did a movie with fred Allen ray called haunting fear karen black was in it oh, so man. the end of the movie i'm i'm stabbing a butcher knife into the floor and it was an homage to karen black in that movie because kind of at the end she'd been sort of possessed yeah. by the doll <laughs> <laughs> i love that the you know uh, you mentioned like uh, some of the fans of um a sorority when you saw it again or um a movie recently and there was a lot of kids what do you think it is about horror movies in particular that you know appeal to new generations because there's a lot of movies i grew up with that aren't horror and they kind of just get forgotten but horror movies seem to like always find a new audience hmm. well when we were doing movies in the 80s horror films uh, we were told that our target audience was college-age males mm -hmm. And that was why we had to, you know, show our breasts and do shower scenes and things like that. And then the monster carries away the beautiful girl, that kind of a, an archetype thing. Um, I guess just kids love to be entertained and horror movies are, you know, the quintessential roller coaster ride where you get scared and you laugh. And then I especially like the horror comedies in the eighties, yeah. like Sabrina Babes and yeah. Slumber Party Massacre has a lot of humor in it. Yeah where they're eating cold pizza off the dead pizza delivery guy, you know, things like that. So <laughs> I think both those uh, comedy and horror are, are most are the most fun to watch with other people because you can react to them. You can laugh or you can, you know, get scared together. Where if you're watching a drama together, you, you don't just want to cry together. That's kind of a weird, uh, a weird thing to do. I think you're right that if you get the right audience, like in a theater mm -hmm. uh, and to see a horror movie, that collective energy, the fright, the gasp, you know, things like that. It's much more effective that, like yeah. you said, than watching it by yourself in your living room. Right. Yeah. And then, and then when you have the comedy elements, it's kind of the same thing, either shock, gasp, or you laugh together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do have to be careful. Um, when I'm watching a movie alone by myself at home, because then I get really creeped out and I'm like <laughs> opening the closet door to make sure and looking under the bed. <laughs> uh, Kelly Maroney's in Sorority Babes, uh, one of my favorites, multiple time guest on the show. Uh, had you worked a lot with her before, Kelly Maroney? No, not really. Um, we're kind of peers. Yeah. Um, before I met her and knew her i watched night of the comet in the theater and i thought that girl is brilliant uh -huh. um she was so adorable and then later we were in the same circles we both worked with Minorsky. uh we do appear together in screen queen hot tub party which was a joint collection between um, a collaboration between fred and ray and jim Minorsky. And, uh, you know, I see her around, we do conventions and things like that. I saw her last October uh, in Ottumwa, Iowa at uh, Halloween of Palooza. And she's a lovely girl. So she, we, we weren't able to get Linnea Quigley. I don't know if you know, but Linnea broke her knee. Did you hear about that? Um, I actually was just talking to her earlier today about, uh, about an interview and she told me about, I, I didn't know the whole story, but she'd mentioned that about being uh, laid up for a while. And I, uh, yeah. I didn't know the details. It, it happened before we did our film and, um, you know, she had a hard time walking and stuff like that. So 
it would have been very, very difficult for her to do the role. But there were cameos in, in Sorority Babes too. Me and Michelle, because we had died in the first movie. So they shot us against green screen at the full moon offices in Hollywood. And then Kelly flew back to Cleveland and uh, worked with us. She was there for the whole week. And she plays uh, Linnea Quigley's sister. Okay. Linnea's character was Spider and she plays Snake. I love so, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, she had the attitude, you know, and all that. So we put in, we added in a line where someone says, uh, so where's Spider? And Kelly's character says, uh, you know, that license plate on your car, she probably made that <laughs> implying that Spider had gone on to a life of crime. Right. <laughs> but Kelly was great and she was just perfect for the part. She really stepped up and uh, had a lot of trouble getting to Cleveland. It was uh, Labor Day weekend and a number of flights were canceled. She missed her first flight. Her plane was late. She missed the second flight. Um, it was just a nightmare for her. I think she spent the night in the airport. And then when they picked her up, they dropped her bags off at the Airbnb and brought her to set. And she had to work after that. But she was such a trooper and a really excellent actress. I asked her if she'd taken you know, classes from yeah. big name professionals. And she said no. And I was really surprised because she... Um, one of the things I liked about her acting was she allows a lot of space when she says the lines. She doesn't just blurt them out. You know, she takes time with it. Mm -hmm. And her face, um, her emotions really show on her face. And it's a thing of beauty to watch. You know, you can see what she's thinking by the way her face changes. And I just loved working with her. And she said, I want you to direct the hell out of me. But she didn't need any directing. Yeah. She came in perfect. Yeah, I like I like her a lot, and she has a, a likability about her. As soon as you see her in a movie, like you know, you're drawn to that character, and she's very likable. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though she was playing a kind of a tough character, right? Spider's right. sister. She's she's just adorable. You know, yeah. she's just small and cute and blonde. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't want to get ahead of the movie, but uh, since Spider's still around, just in in jail, you know, maybe she can get out for part three. Yes, I sincerely hope so. And, and I was really glad that they did put cameos uh, in for the girls. We talked about cameos for the guys that were in it, Hal Havens and John Wildman, and Andres Jones, but there just wasn't any place to fit them in. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very simple story. You know, most half of it takes place in a sorority house and the other half takes place in a deserted bowling alley. So there just wasn't any opportunity to bring in anybody else. Mm -hmm. But um, Michelle and I as ghosts, you know, partly it's like we've been cooped up in the trophy along with the imp. So when it's released again, we come out and we're like, ah, here we go again. <laughs> but um, we do help them. We're useful as ghosts where we kind of um, help them to figure out how to thwart this evil demon imp. Yeah. That's very fun. Was that fun to, to reprise your role as Taffy? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And it was really interesting to be on set and to know that in a week after Cleveland, I would be doing a green screen. So we do these lockdown plates, like at the bowling alley, where Michelle and I will materialize. So we had to get our eye lines. And I was taking extensive notes to show Michelle and photographs. And I'd say, okay, so... 
The kids are straight in front of us. The imp is down there. He's about three feet off the ground and we're looking at nothing, you know? So it was really important to have all that. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, but um, how about you said the, the younger cast was also, um, you enjoyed uh, directing them and giving them, you know, advice. And uh, so who are some of the standouts? I know I don't want to pick out, you know, one person, obviously, like is your favorite, but who are some of the standouts in the movie for the younger well, actors? Um, uh, Glory Rodriguez mm -hmm. plays the kind of um, bad girl role. And she was quite wonderful. We had an actress named Audrey who lives in Los Angeles. And she was great. Hannah, who was in another Full Moon movie. Um, you know, the, the boys were equally good. And one of the things I loved about being a director was I could add some stuff of my own to the script. And it was the same plot where the boys are spying on the girls. And in the script, they're hiding behind some bushes. Uh, but we didn't have any bushes. There's nothing around the house except trees. So I had them, I added scenes where they're sneaking across the lawn and they're hiding behind trees and peeking out, you know, and things like that. And it was really fun. And the guys got it immediately. This was the joy of working with the young people because they took direction and they just got it right away. They knew exactly what to do. And I just had to say, I liked what you did more in the first take than in the second take. Let's do that again. Mm -hmm. Or I could say that was great. Give me something different. And they would. So um, it was quite the pleasure working with young people because I was just blown away at how inventive they were. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that um, you so part of it's filmed in Charles Band's uh, manor, the castle, uh, uh, and the bowling alley. Does he own a bowling alley too, or did you have to find a bowling alley to film? The we event? had to find a bowling alley, and that was harder than you would think because that week, the week after um, Labor Day, there was a bowling tournament in town, and <laughs> oh. every bowling alley was looked <laughs> solid. Uh -huh. So we were lucky to find one that was closed. Um, they did, they were going to have a few days that they were having the bowling tournament there, but it was mostly a bar that happened to have bowling. It only had eight lanes, so it won't match the one in the original movie, but we were so thankful that this guy was closed down for like remodeling or something. Yeah. And we were able to shoot there daytimes because my greatest dread was that we would have to go all night like we did on the first movie. We had to wait until nine o'clock at night when the bowling alley in San Diego right. closed and we'd shoot till nine in the morning. And that's fine when you're 20 years old, but you know, nobody <laughs> wants to work all night at our right. age. So, <laughs> so I was very lucky that that was available. And, uh, you know, you get so much production value, all the neon signs right. and the bowling balls and things like that. Yeah, To recreate that, you'd either need a ton of money or it just would, you know, if it's all there and plus, um, if you're actually using a bowling alley, it feels real, like it feels lived in or used. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we did a montage that wasn't really in the script, but Billy Butler suggested it. And it turned out great. It was just the kids having fun bowling. And, um, you know, so they're just they're dancing around and they're pretending to drink beer and they're bowling in wacky ways. And, <laughs> um, there was also Billy had the idea for the opening credits to do a kind of um, aerobics workout. 
like the 80s videos. <laughs> right, right. And, and I choreographed it because I had been an aerobics teacher. So we choreographed a little bit of a routine. The girls picked it up right away. And uh, we did it in the living room of the sorority house uh-huh. at, at Full Moon Manor. And it, it's just got such a fun, colorful vibe to it. You know, beautiful girls, cute boys, um, an 80s throwback kind of feel to it. And I'm really excited. I think it's going to be very special. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And like you said, it's a movie that uh, people uh, people love and to see a, to see a sequel uh, for it, you know, decades later. That's very fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Everybody went back and watched the original movie from 87 and uh, some of them more than once because they wanted to really study it. Yeah. And it was at that point that I realized that the entire cast and crew had seen their director naked <laughs> <laughs> in the movie. But I tried to ignore that. and. Uh, <laughs> And, and one thing I realized in looking at the first movie, Dave Dakota was like 24 years old, I think it was, when he directed it. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what he accomplished. He flips a car. He lights a guy on fire. You know, and on yeah. a low-budget movie that we shot in a very short time uh, from a young director, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I thought maybe Dave would be there and kind of hold my hand, but right. uh, he said, no, I'm too busy. You can do it. I have faith in you. Yeah. Did you get to light anyone on fire in, in part two? Or? No, no, I, I don't think anybody got burned up. <laughs> well, that's good, I assume, but yeah. Yeah, no, no car flipping either. <laughs> maybe part three, you can flip a car. And, you know. Yeah, well, you know, and even though it was considered low budget in the 80s. Sure. Um, I think we shot on film and on location and budgets were actually bigger back then, mm-hmm. you know, by, by several. Yeah. Times. Low budget then is different than the low budget movie. Today. It was. Yeah. So we, we had really six days of principal photography and then there was another day of insert shots and a day of green screen and all of that. But, um, six days in my mind, wasn't really long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish that we'd had a little more time on it because you end up working very long hours. Like I don't think we ever worked less than 12 hours mm-hmm. and the last day was 16 hours. And it's just really hard at two o'clock in the morning yeah. um, that people would have to nudge me and, and I go, Oh, action <laughs> because I'm spacing out. <laughs> right, right. So is uh, directing something you'd like to continue doing? I would. And I hope that Full Moon and the audiences are happy with this movie because I would like to direct more films for Full Moon. So we'll we'll see, you know, the test will be and how it looks and if they think I did a good job. Yeah. So it'll be coming to a Full Moon streaming, which I believe is on, Am- on their Amazon channel and uh, Tubi, which is a, is a Tubi is a great um, streaming channel, too, for a lot of independent uh, filmmakers. Yes, I believe that I heard uh, November 22nd. Oh, cool. It might stream, which is amazing that they could edit it that quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's the way things are these days. And then hopefully it'll come out on DVD. I can own a copy. Exactly. Yeah, and, right. And I know there's a um, female-oriented film festival in Los Angeles, oh, nice. and they would like to show it at a theater on the big screen. Oh, that'd and be good. Have, have me do a Q&A as the director. So I'm hoping that the timing works out and that it meshes with the film festival. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. And by the way, I do want to say uh, to Linnea out there, she's watching. We hope she she feels better. Hope her knee's doing better. Definitely. She was missed, you know, and there will be flashbacks in the movie. Uh, Kelly Maroney character 
tells another sorority girl about what happened. And uh, so there's going to be flashbacks. So Linnea will be in the movie, but just in flashback. All right. Very cool. And I know we're here to talk about sorority babes, but I'm also excited to see Terror Tunes 4. Uh, coming. Oh, I am too. It was 10 years in the making. Um, Joe Castro gave me my first opportunity to direct on that. And it's a 36-minute short called Personal Demons, which I also wrote and I star in. And the entire 36 minutes was shot against a green screen. So everything kind of looks like a collage. It looks very weird because everything was added to the background. And, and I'm excited about it. It looks so different than anything else. Yeah, no, that's where I like Joe, Joe a lot. I like the Terror Tunes movies. Uh, my friend Trista Robinson's in it, co-host here on the show. She can't be here today, but so I, everyone involved, I, I like. So it can't go wrong, I think. Joe is very talented. He does these amazing special effects, and he's a great producer and director. So. Yeah, and you could tell anytime you talk to him, he's very passionate about what he does. He loves monsters and making you know weird uh, weird effects, and and he he lo really loves doing it. And I think that that comes through in everything he makes. Yes, his enthusiasm. Well, he's always wanted to do it. I've known him since he was sixteen years old. Oh, really? And I didn't know that. That's cool. He won a contest for Monsterland magazine. And he was flown to Los Angeles to meet Evola. I was the mascot for the magazine. And he said, as soon as I graduate, I want to come to LA and be a special effects artist. And he did. And so we worked on some of my early movies, like um, I think Teenage Exorcist, he worked on that, and a number of films for Fred Olin Ray when he had just arrived in LA. So he's really made a career for himself. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll be seeing Joe. Uh, I'll be out now. I'm flying to LA Friday, and I'll see him next week sometime. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm leaving to, uh, Thursday for the Twisted Dreams Film Festival in Milwaukee. Oh, at Avalon Theater. Yeah. And it's a beautiful theater and it's a lot of uh, local Wisconsin filmmakers. They have a shorts block and on uh, Saturday. So I'm a guest star and Lloyd uh, Kaufman will be there as well. Oh, nice. Another person I'm yeah. a big fan of. Yeah, very cool. And I always tell people, some people think if you're not in LA or maybe New York, there's not like a film community, but like you said, there's a, there's a film festival in Milwaukee. I think, you know, anybody out there, wherever you are, there's some type of community and film festivals and I always think the local ones, there's a real community feel uh, for the festivals that, that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that they're um, donating a lot of time to showing local Wisconsin movies. And they were free to be entered into the festival, anyone who was a Wisconsin filmmaker. So that's really supportive. I love that they're doing that. Yeah, that's great. So Sorority Babes, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolarama Part 2. Indeed. <laughs> no, uh, we were we we're thinking november and uh i was gonna say how can you find that but if you google that i don't think you're gonna find anything else about except for you know sorority babes and the slime ball bolorama so it's gonna be easy to look up yeah good well i hope everybody watches it and loves it <laughs> yeah i'm very i'm looking forward to it and uh i always like talking to you well, thank you. Friendly. Likewise. I've been on your show how many times? I think this is three, either three or four. Yes, I agree. You're part of like groups a couple times, I think. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I happy Halloween, it. too. Yes, happy Halloween to you as well. <laughs> Enjoy Milwaukee. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.